Welcome to the Shelter Footycast. Will Schofield, Mark Reddings, taking you through all the big stuff in the AFL of the week gone by and coming up ahead. Skeeter, we've got a Patreon now, mate. Are you excited? I've never heard the term Patreon, but I'm on board with you, Scoey. If you take me to the promised land, I'm there. VIP content, discounts, and much more. Backchatstudios.com.au to sign up as a VIP. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Shelter Footycast live from Backchat Studios. Haven't done this in a while. Mark Reddings, Will Schofield, and Skeeter. He's broken the duck. Shelter's down the guzzle, down the throat over the weekend. Skeeter's back on the beers, and I don't know if he's happy about it or not. How are you, Skeeter? Yes, hello, uh, Scoey. Yeah, I, my first drink I did have was a shelter. Very good. shelter on Saturday afternoon. With and respect. And I just went on from there, and... <laughs> Yeah, I was pretty dusty yesterday, to I'll, be totally I'll, honest. Ma- I'll, not match fit. I'll repeat what you said. I said, did you have a big one? No, 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 I didn't have a big one. So what, what did you do? Well, I had you know, a couple of shelters, and then I went here, and I had a couple of shelters and a couple of bourbons, and then I went um, from there, I went to someone else's house, and I had a few more bourbons and a couple of shelters, and then uh, I was with uh, Vicky, and then she told me to have a water, and I cracked the shits, I didn't want a water, and then I got taken home, dragged by my ear, and then I had a couple more beers, and I went to sleep. <laughs> so you didn't just ease your way back in, Skeeter. You missed out the wine that I had in between, mate. So, uh, you know, it's a decent hit out. My G, you were also out in the bed. And the, the funny thing last night, because, you know, when you the night after you've had a a blowout, and I you know, wasn't match fit as I said. Um, I had a dream, and guess what? You were in it. I swear. What was so the dream was that um, <laughs> for some reason because I, I did I was hosting the show called The Game on Channel Seven. You were one of the panelists, yes. But you started dropping the f bomb every 10, 15 seconds because you're hungover. You sure it was a dream? <laughs> and you had the sun had sunglasses on, and you're like, and you were pissed. You were, you were like, look at this. I said, I said, Scoey, mate, you can't you can't keep swearing like this on air. <laughs> <laughs> and you, you just go with the other. Oh, I don't get give a toss. I go, mate, this, they're gonna they, they're gonna catch you if you keep dropping the f bomb live on TV. Anyway, um, that that's the dream that I had last night. For well, I'm glad I've infiltrated your uh, mindset, Skeeter, even when you're in bed. How good. Uh, Let's get into it, mate. We've got a couple of things to get through uh, today. Socials, of course, you can follow us at Shelter Footycast. Uh, you can send us an email, footycast at shelterbrewing.com.au. Uh, we do have a couple of emails at the back end of the show to get through. Skeeter, um, YouTube uh, Backchat Studios, we were the uh, we were a creator on the rise uh, last week, Skeeter, which means we were, featured across, means we were featured across YouTube, across Australia and globally. We were trending Skater, yeah, that right. Does that mean anything? No, to no, you? trending. It means yeah, people are having yeah, a look. That yeah. was good. So um, anyway, we're going to get through the thirsty camel clanger of the week, Skeeter. So make sure you have a think about that because I've got a couple of things up my sleeve, but mm-hmm. I'd like you to bring something to the table as well. Don't run out of your favourites. Grab your shelters at thirsty camel. Let's get into some big moments of the round. I think we should start here. Look, Western Australian footy, Fremantle win. Okay, great. Uh, that's very good. Neither of us picked it. Of course, we didn't. How did you go on tips this week? 
I've got seven out of nine yeah. from the ones that I yeah, just that I put in the yep. legit ones. Yeah, well, legit ones. I mean, you, you pick and killed for your roughie of the week, which we will we're not, get we're to. not counting these. They're the um, roughie of the week. Well, well, okay, I guess you can cheat yourself. Um, rare, the, the 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 but the bottom three sides, the other Western Australian side, West Coast, the bottom three sides this year are bad, are historically bad. Yeah, well, whether it's it's. As bad as it's ever been, not sure. But they got beaten, the three teams, we talk of Eagles, North Melbourne and Hawthorne by a combined total of 194 points. Mm. 194 points, which is... Look, we've always had bad sides in the comp. I mean, I just did some numbers on it. You know, going back to 2019, Melbourne and the Gold Coast combined for eight wins during the season. They were the bottom two teams. Um, 2020, a 17-game season. North Melbourne and Adelaide, three wins apiece, so six. In 2021, Collingwood with six wins, North Melbourne with four, so 10 wins between them. Last year, West Coast and North Melbourne had four wins between them. The Giants were a little bit better at six victories. And so far, look, we're only, what, nine rounds in, but North Melbourne, West Coast and Hawthorne, a combined tally of four victories. Now, that's going to obviously bump up this week with Hawthorne playing West Coast. But it's more the manner of the... The defeats, and maybe that's because they're fresh in our mind, and those, those other teams got belted by just as much. But we, out of those, out of those three, I mean, Hawthorne's the most competitive out of the three. They've lost yeah. two games by under a goal. Yep, Adelaide and GWS. I, I, I don't, I don't see West Coast and North Melbourne winning more games for the year. I do. I think Hawthorne can. Yeah, I, I, I look. I agree with you. I think Hawthorne's. I only put them in that that bracket because you, you know, you'd have them four to six, maybe. Yeah, wins. yeah, I would have thought ma- so. Ma- yeah, oh, they're, they're definitely a step above North well, Melbourne and West Coast. Well, they're going to play each other later this year, so <laughs> I mean, but North Melbourne, you know, they were two from two, weren't they? Yes. Yeah. And everyone was saying, "Look at Clark, Clarko, the genius." It's and it just shows you that the list is is just moderate at best. Um, the round nine average margin. Um, Losing margin was 46. Uh, it's the highest since 2018, round nine. Um, bottom three sides are the worst they've ever been. But I think football in general is in a pretty good spot. I, I know we don't like having bad teams, but I think you said it well. I think we always have bad teams, mm. don't we? Like it's, yeah. it's not a... It's not a th- people kicking up a stink about the Tasmanian team coming in off the back of having really poor sides... I think we always have poor sides. We've we've always there's always been one or two that are just shocking. I don't Fitzroy going back, you know. Yeah, but in the every, 90s, every year though, terrible. mate. You know, I don't agree. Go back as far as the Fitzroy. Giants, the Gold Coast when they first came into the competition. The Giants particularly, it was almost like, well, when you've got the Giants, and don't worry, clubs are lining up thinking if we've got West Coast and North Melbourne in the back half of the year. I think I was on right. Was it, was it yesterday we were talking radio Probably. about um, Adelaide? having a, a look at North Melbourne and West Coast. I do think West Coast improved towards the back end of the year. So if you're going to get West Coast, you want to have them in the next now. six weeks mm. to get a real percentage boost because I don't see them competitive at the moment. I mean, that was that was probably their most disappointing loss of the year against yeah, Gold Coast. It's in the, yeah, well, you've got a few to compare with, haven't you? Yeah, correct. Um, one thing before we get on to those, uh, those games, Jacob Van Royen, we didn't get to speak about him because the appeal was Thursday. Uh, I think a good thing for football that that gets o- overturned. Yeah, I agree with you. And uh, I'll tell you what, Charlie Ballard should get stretched off every week. He's, he's had terrific. He's, had, he's had ten intercept marks. Again, we're getting into West Coast Gold Coast territory, but the 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 Van Royen, the precedent that would have been set if he had have kept his two yeah. weeks, we wouldn't have seen a contested marking situation without someone getting reported. In my mind, no, it was you're right. It's quite significant, and players now. 
I mean, there would have been a lot of confusion. I mean, it's hard enough with the tackling. I reckon the tackling, even in the last week or two, watching players... Less slingy. Just when they've got them, almost trying to be gentle in or at least duty of care is certainly coming into players' minds. Have you noticed that? Yeah, I probably would agree with that, which is an interesting one because I didn't think players were going to be out. Well, some of these ones are incidental. Mm. Like I I don't think there's many of them that the players getting them 360 and slamming onto the ground, but you're definitely not seeing them anymore. So if you are seeing anyone with a head head hitting the ground, it's it's off the back of incidental momentum, that sort of stuff. Uh, Yeah, always... Players will find a way to adjust to the rule, whether it be the stand rule, which we don't talk about anymore at all, do we? No, not like no, it's sort of. It's become part and parcel. Mind you, the, the the sling tackle. There are some players that are being accused of maybe even. I saw a couple. I saw one in the Gold Coast game. Who was it? It was a Geelong player. It might have been Rick Stanley. Or there was a player on Friday night. I think that. Yes. And even though we were at the other game, that there was allegations that he instigated his head hitting the ground as a secondary motion uh, apart from the tackle. Noah Anderson had one. Zave O'Neill taking tackled in the ground and Noah Anderson was expecting contact with his head to the ground. Didn't get it. Sort of played for it, but then realised he didn't get it. We don't want to see that come no. into the game. No. Do we? Exactly not. So, no, I think on that front, the, uh, the the Van Royen case, I think everyone's comfortable with that. Well, most people are comfortable with, with how that played out. But she was a, was a four-hour... Um, hearing which uh, certainly every legal parameter was used in fact they used a legal case to try to to build their argument um yeah correct uh before we move on uh i just want to mention this you don't even have to comment on it but we spoke about booing last last week Mm -hmm. right buddy franklin others getting booed apparently i didn't see this game apparently jason horn francis the booing was pretty insipid from uh north melbourne fans which i was disappointed with they should have given him the full treatment but it wasn't in Melbourne. That was a problem. Yeah, okay. But uh, uh, I, I had some feedback from someone on Twitter said that they went to Tasmania and they just were disappointed. That was a North fan. He said, I was so disappointed with my own fans that we didn't give it to him harder. Uh, and then uh, yesterday in the game we called, the umpires – the umpiring was poor. There was a couple of bad decisions before half time, and the umpires were copying it. Audible boos, like – absolutely copying it way worse than buddy franklin right collingwood fans again i have zero little to zero problem with it yet are we gonna see head coaches coming out are we gonna see members of the media coming out are we get are we gonna it was umpire appreciation around this week skater Mm, are we gonna are we gonna see people coming out saying you can't boo umpires i'm dead serious because the way i look at the buddy franklin thing and I don't see it as a racial thing. Um, Eddie Betts said it well, that if Buddy Franklin found it racial, then it's racial. But if he didn't... He didn't even hear he didn't. it, according to... Correct. Uh, so that about summarises what I think about that. Oh, and it was you're right. I think the media talk... I mean, I mean like, we saw on Footy Classified, likes of Carolyn Wilson, Hutchie going... Uh, hey, Matthew, Sam Mitchell told his own fans you can't boo. Seriously. Matthew Pavlich, he got it on the, on the pedestal. And what, what's happening here? Hey, look, we... Everyone agrees. If there was any hint, and ever is a hint of a racial tone in, in booing or abuse or whatever it is. Absolutely. but that, The I, umpires getting booed identified to me how ridiculous oh, the chat the, was. Because the, the umpires hypocrisy. Cop, they copped it. They absolutely copped and it. And they'll so, keep copying it. And you know what? Yeah. They, know, they, they could actually... I remember listening to a young Johansson, or J- Johansson, a young Dan Johansson, who was umpiring on Saturday night. He was on radio. And we're talking about being booed, except he goes, you know what, to be honest with you, I don't even hear it out there in terms of the, the game. You've got too much on. So it doesn't actually affect them. 
Um, I mean, I know Dean Margetts went through some some grief with it, with um, you know the, the personal stuff or, or stuff online or whatever it was. But yeah, but that's getting attacked off the field. Yeah. It, it's similar for players, I think. Like, yeah. like out in the field, you expect to be copying it. You don't really hear it as a player. Well, anyway. that's it's just noise. Same as the umpires, just so. noise. Yep, exactly. Anyway, that's probably enough on booing for the rest of the year. Maybe even the next decade. It'd be <laughs> nice not to talk about that again. Let's get into uh, the rest of the Western Australian team. Will Schofield, Mark Reddings, Shelter Footy Cast. Gold Coast defeat West Coast by 73 points. You know, I think the worst loss of the year by West Coast, and that's saying something. They've had some 100-point losses, but I thought the way they went about it in the first half was incredibly disappointing. Working with Fox Footy on the weekend, I saw Tim Kelly be interviewed at halftime by Matty Pavlich, and I thought he was really honest and great. It was great access, really. He came off at halftime, and as a player, sometimes it's really difficult to identify what's going on when you're out there because you're just so you know, moment-focused. It's really difficult to get a gauge on it. That's why you have coaches, right? They, they get an overview of it. But Tim Kelly basically instantly just said, not, not good enough inside, around the ball, the pressure was poor, and was really, you know, pretty much hand up. It's on us as a midfield group. And they came out in that third quarter, and they were better, but fell away again. I, I just thought the, the way that they lost was the most disappointing of the, of the year. But I'm not sure why anyone's surprised. This has been happening all year they've mm. given up 44 goals i think it is in second quarters i think scored 17 themselves they've been saying it all year uh, we're not sure what happens in the second quarter they generally come out in the third and show a little bit of spirit but yeah this is a common theme with with the eagles and and you in, you talk about the tim kelly interview well tom barris we interviewed him on 6pr afterwards and i said look i asked him the question about how much the players hurting he said look make no mistake we're, we're going through a lot here because we love our club, um, go home, have sleepless nights, um, all of that. So the players are hurting, but the bottom line is, and I've asked Martin Lacroix this yesterday, how do you fix it? Is it, a, is it just by simply doing what Adelaide did? And we talked about this yesterday on radio about yep. how they got their draft right over, what, a three or four year period. And Rankin, then, Rochelle, Dawson, yep. they're the three that jump off the page. Yep, exactly. Going back to, I mean, the, the way they managed to, to build their list again, um, and West Coast are going to have to do that. I don't think there's any other way than going through the draft. I think it's a little bit of a Collingwood mix. You know, Collingwood were quite aggressive three years ago with Trelaw, Stephenson, and a couple of others that they moved on with a bit of controversy around it. I, the I, Eagles going to do that? I, th- I think they'll have to have someone that they move on, maybe one player that they go, right, we, we need to really focus on the future here. Don't know who that'll be, but they probably will. Um, just reading the tea leaves. Well, you can't a just bit. let let it just meander on <coughs> uh, on that front. But going back to Friday's game, it was it was uh, horribly disappointing from a competitive point of view. Again, a lot of us went there thinking they could could challenge uh, the Gold Coast Suns, but as it, as it turns out, they. You know, Matty Rowell, to be fair, he was he was terrific, I thought, in the midfield. The, the lack of competitiveness will be <clears throat> the biggest thing Adam Simpson and, and the team will be concerned about. You can you can lack talent and you can lack polish. We saw GWS yesterday against Collingwood really lacking polish, like poor skills. And I actually think that's a that's a less of an issue than the competitiveness factor. If if you're um, a team that doesn't have the talent um, and the players out there, you can be competitive. But and I'm sorry to like you know single out someone but like Jack Darling first quarter Charlie Ballard Charlie Ballard's a good defender he's not a great defender you know there's some greats running around the AFL at the moment I don't have Charlie Ballard in that he had four intercept marks in the first quarter this is before Jack's broken arm four intercept marks in the first quarter three of those were contested one-on-ones against Jack Um, it then went on to Charlie Ballard 
uh, equaling the greatest ever amount of intercept marks in a game in the AFL's history. He also had nine spoils. So I don't know if he lost any contests, but there was 19 contests that Charlie Ballard either won or halved. As a forward or as a player, you need to do better than that competitively. If you if it means that you're not going to mark it as a forward, you just need to bring it to ground. Yep. Like some of the great forwards do that. They identify when they're not going to mark it. They don't they don't get beaten. You can't get beaten like that. You can't get beaten ten times with intercept marking. That wasn't just Jack. It wasn't the first quarter, but it continued on. You need to you need to just look inside yourself and not get beaten. And then that goes into the midfield. That goes into the back line. I thought their physicality as a back line was really poor. I was watching West Coast really closely, and, and that's why I was the most disappointed in that than other games. Other games, they were just, you know, I don't know, they were just beaten. This one was, there was they were beaten by stuff that I think you can stop regardless of who's out in the field. Mm. Yeah, and Jack's point is valid. He was, oh, well, you know, he's, he he's down, his arm down in form anyway. He's going to be out. I'm not, I'm not saying this is a blessing, but it's not the worst thing. Uh, you know, he'd go and have a reset. Um, so broken arm, what's that? Is that six to eight or no, something? No, no, it'll be less than that. Um, yep. You can put a plate in it. Oh, you know what? Um, Travis Kelsey might have something to say about this. <laughs> know your role and shut your mouth. But I've seen players come back in yeah. two, three weeks. But you wouldn't. I mean, you wouldn't push him any quicker than normal. Just depending on what it is. If it's just a fracture, yep. basically they plate it, and the risk is the edges of the plate. Mark Lacroix famously mm. did it and refractured his arm where the plate ended, not where the break was, but where the plate ended. So it's sort of like a metal plate that goes in there, and you you, you have a bit of a weakness on the either end of the plate. So I think Jack will be back back out there within time. But they certainly don't have any senior experienced players bashing the door down. Luke Shuey's four weeks away. Elliot Yo, I'm unsure of his status. Shannon Hearn's probably going to be another week. Jeremy McGovern's ahead of schedule, but he's still a while away. Jamie Cripps is ahead of schedule a while away. Liam Ryan, I think he's almost done for the year. Um, Nick Nananui isn't close. Like all of these, they're, they're, these are their core players. Mm. Luke Shuey, did I say him? I, they're not coming back next week. So, so you know, just everyone was bagging Jack and his form, and we know all that. So, who comes in and plays that role? Um, in all seriousness, who have they got? I don't. Well, I don't think any, anyone really. I mean, you may have to play a Jamison more in the ruck and Bailey Williams as, as a, a forward. forward. But I, I think that I think Bailey Williams is probably one of the few players that's really improved this year. Like you've seen him improve. To finish on a positive note, I thought Liam Duggan was outstanding in his first game as captain. He was clearly the West Coast best player. Yeah. And it looked like he rose a level. Now, I know Liam Duggan's a premiership player and he's experienced, and that's why he was captain. But that's what you need to do. You need to you need to get out. So I thought like it was visible that Liam Duggan was, you know. Embraced the Yeah, the, the, like he stepped up. And and now to get yourself out of it, you ask, what do you do as West Coast? How do you get out of it? You need to step up. You need to, you need to rise above yourself. You need to get out of the shit. You need to stop worrying about your own form. But it's bloody hard to do. I've played in bad teams, and I thought about this like how, and they, you continue to be bad because it's hard. That's why, that's why not many sides can turn it around because it's bloody difficult. So all of this stuff, of course, is a lot easier sitting on the green chair on the shelter footy car set. But I, I, I have done it, and so, but it's it's really difficult. And like, you're in yeah. a put it this way. The numbers, the amount of losses that are being pocketed by the Eagles here, 
winning if it's a habit winning and so too is losing and that's yep. it's become forced it's become a habit at the it's West Coast it's not just this year is it um, Jermaine Jones broke his nose he was subbed out of the game so he may be out of the team Jack Darling of course broken um, Oscar Allen kicks two goals the only player in the competition to remain uh, with multiple goals every game he's played which you can't extraordinary no nah, exactly in a, in a forward line and team that's going poorly he's it's still in the top five of the Coleman medal. Fremantle defeat Sydney by 17. Neither of us picked this one, Skeeter. I don't no. think many people did, which looking at the game and how it went out and thinking about it, maybe we should have given more consideration to Fremantle. I think it was – no no one was sold on it, uh, on, on them. Well, I certainly wasn't. No, but I was, certainly wasn't – I wasn't huge on Sydney. Their, no. Their form wasn't great. They were down on numbers. And – I'm totally honest, I thought Sydney would still find a way to win at the SCG, but to, to Fremantle's credit, and look, you know, back-to-back wins, we go back, I think I said last week, Hawth, that Hawthorne win, a soft kill, um, you know, wasn't wasn't the, the greatest victory of all time, but it might have just engendered a bit of confidence amongst well, the group. Well, this team is the same team as last year. They they clearly just lack confidence. So that t- the game against Hawthorne, whether it be false or not, mm. it gives you confidence. Yeah. Because, oh, we can move the ball against an AFL side. So... They probably combined a couple more factors in this game. Their ball movement was okay. It wasn't like their forward line really functioned really well in this game against Sydney. But their midfield work started to look, I think, probably the best it has over the last three or so weeks. Yeah, so I mean, Sarong, 33 touches. Brayshaw, 31. They got it wrong. Darcy was terrific in the ruck. 18 disposals, 44 hitouts, nine clearances. Against Tom Hickey, who's a good player. Yeah, and he's coming back, Tom. So, but yep. yeah, Sean Darcy, we know he's top three or four ruckman in the competition. Luke Jackson, another follow up performance, 17 and three. <laughs> See goals. The so you've got it in, yeah. Have you got it in your head? Uh, have I got is it? This is the game. So, oh, that's. That. But it's, uh, yeah, All it action, Jackson. action Jackson. Yeah, All so action Jackson. They're back. They're back on board. That's soft by the West. <laughs> Schultz, four goals. I love Schultz. You just gave them a bit. So, Schulter, I think he's coming. Shooter's coming up on back chat this week. Is he really? Okay. Yeah. Well, no, it's, and it's good. I mean, to, to see them play that sort of footy against a Swan side that is clearly sliding and they're, you know, with all due respects, you know, they're, they're, some of their better players are, are, are dwindling. I think it was the only call I got right this preseason. I said they were dropping out. I said they were going to have a really poor year. I'm, I'm hanging my hat on this one. Yeah, well, off the back of Sydney, I think, and not that I had you any, any joy. No, I, I, mine was, I was strong that Buddy, I think, you know, you're saying he's in kick 50. Right. Oh, you retired I think, Buddy at the I think start of this Buddy, year. No, no, I just said I think his best is behind him. I reckon he's, he might even retire. Put it this way, there'll be a farewell game for Buddy this year. Would you be thinking that that's the case? Well, I said He's going to kick 50, so can it, do I have to go on my sword here or not? Well, just, just, I refuse. just both of us get getting a Sydney one wrong. Great, great. Right. Uh, look, yeah, you, you pretty much n- nailed it here. Uh, Brandon Walker, I know he goes a little bit under the radar. He kept Papley very quiet, which is a big – Yeah, they need those role players. Like, they, they can't all but be – also, getting... Papley gives the energy, the vo- – you know, he gives that real – the spark, and he, he just Correct. couldn't get involved. Five sub again, do you think he plays next week? A full game. I've got no, I've got no reason. You've got no cha- problem leaving to, him there. to change up what is working. Now, if there's an injury, then it's an obvious uh, change. Right, so of if, role. He, if he's if he's right to come back in, you think he's no guarantee to play? I think I think the sub role at the moment is is suitable. I, I don't see any reason to change the mix. If you you obviously think differently. Oh, I mean, he's in their top five best players. It, no, not anymore. He's not. If you're if okay, you're so who is? Well, yeah. at the moment, I've yeah. just named three of them, four no, of them. No, well, you can't name, I want five. Darcy, Sarong, yes. Jackson, Brayshaw. Yep. Pierce. Pierce? Pierce. People were asking Pierce Cox. to get dropped. 
Nat Fife is not in their top five best players at the moment. Yes, he well he's not because he, he not hasn't been he hasn't played. Footy. He hasn't played. So he, so therefore is Luke Chewy and West Coast best top top five players no, no, at the moment? No, he's not playing. Well, it's very difficult to be in the top five if you're not playing. But Nat Fife isn't. That's what I'm saying. He, you're so you're suggesting that, that we, I should put should put Nat Fife in the top because he's won two Brownlows. Well, well, but your logic means he just plays sub all year. No, no, not at all. No, not at all. I said if there's an injury or a player that's not. Right, so he's going to wait. He's going to bide his time. You reckon? In, in a Fremantle side that's won three games this year, in a Fremantle side that's won their past two, he's been subbed for both of them. I have no issue with him being subbed this week against Geelong. There you go. Okay. So, so okay. Then who misses out on that yeah, front? Yeah, I, no, no, no. I knew you were coming with that. I absolutely <laughs> knew it. <laughs> I don't know where to go. Well, you can't drop Josh Tracy. That was one of his better games yeah. for the club. Amos, you're not dropping. You need to keep getting games into him. Shooter Schultz, he's not coming out. You're never dropping him. Um, which. I think he's still on the rookie list. I, I genuinely think he might still be on the rookie Who's list. Who's that? Lockie Schultz. No, mate. he's not, mate. You, mate, one of the most, one of the most, mate, that's you know, bizarre. That's one of the most right. unique contract um, journeys in the AFL I've ever seen. So he came okay. just a little yeah. squizzit from back chat. So he got drafted, a mature age player. Got two years. He got delisted, right? And they put him on the rookie list. He went one year on the rookie list. Uh, he then signed at the end of that year a two-year extension with a third-year option. So he's currently in the second year of that deal that he signed. It was on the the rookie list, and I don't think he's been put on the senior list. And I asked How does him, that work? I asked him, and he didn't even know. He's just happy playing his role for the side. Lets his manager do that. I, I don't. I, he still gets mind. paid what he should be getting paid, surely. Well, yeah. So basically, when COVID happened. Um, they brought in a, a few different rules around pre-listing players. And so it gave clubs a bit more flexibility in order to not have to delist so many players. You have to make a minimum five changes a year. Mm. So at the end of the year, it was just really poor timing when he, at the end of that first year that he did the rookie thing. Uh, they didn't have any list spots left because of the other contracts of other players. And so it wasn't that they didn't want him, but he almost found himself without a home. So I, I think it's an anomaly, but I do I think Lockie Schultz is still on the rookie list. I, I could I could be wrong, but the research that I did, and I, I went pretty deep into it, I think he's still on the rookie list. I don't think people know that. No, I didn't. Is that right? Good get. Yeah. No, I'm pretty sure he's still on the rookie list according to um, the Perth Now website. He's in, you're right, he's in the second second year of his, his rookie deal. Yeah. That's bizarre. And so he's got he's to read a minimum, uh, made a minimum amount of games to get a third year on the rookie list this year. So he's almost, at, he's got one more game to play and then he gets a buck. Yeah. Is that outrageous? Yeah, that, no, that is, it's a very good get because I, yeah. that, when you said that to me, I said, you, you've obviously still, <laughs> still, still <laughs> I've been pissed. on the shelters with you on the weekend, <laughs> which I have, mind you, but I feel fine. Um, but yeah, going back to who we're dropping, we're not dropping him, we're not dropping Jackson, we're not dropping Fed Frederick. That's pretty much their forward line. Switkowski doesn't get dropped. Banfield? Banfield? Possibly. But mate, Would you what? have Banfield out? Who would you rather, Fife or Banfield? No, I'm just saying. You're well, telling... No, no. Yeah, no, I'm taking the Banfield. same side. No, if there aren't, no. no. If you hear the answer, you'll, you'll get the <laughs> ultimate answer. Look for if they are, there are no injuries, I'm leaving the side as it is this week including the sub. I'm finally giving you a player that I would like you to tell me that they will pick over Nat Five. I'm, I'm Banfield. Le I'm leaving the team as is for this weekend. Banfield. I'm leaving the team as it is. That's <laughs> my answer. Skeeter into politics, please. He hasn't answered the question. Well, well there is. I'm, I'm leaving Nat Five as a sub. I'm okay. not sure why you find that such a difficult proposition. Because he's one of their best players. That's why. That's why. Anyway, we're going to keep... an impact player now. Oh, God. <laughs> Here we go. Seriously. Uh, it was. It was... Credit where credit's due. I've, I've told everyone I'm off Frio. I'm not on him. fully back on him. 
I don't think I can pick them over the next two weeks, to be honest. I think they'll go in as underdogs, yep. but I wouldn't be surprised if they win one of them. Can I say if that? If they win one of them... That's Melbourne and Geelong. Yeah, if they can win one of those two, and most likely it'll be Geelong. I would say yep. Geelong here is the game... I don't, I don't think it's a good thing that Geelong have just lost no, to Richmond. No, I agree totally. Um, I agree totally. Which we're going to get into right now. So that's the Western Australian teams done and dusted. Uh, Skeeter and I both picked Sydney there. Um, good job. Uh, West Coast. Uh, Mark Reddings, Will Schofield, Shadow Footy Cast. Richmond defeat Geelong Friday night. Um, it was a good game. Uh, it was happening while the West Coast Gold Coast uh, debauchery was going on. Richmond um, look, started well. I'm pretty sure, and I know people listening would have heard me, I'm pretty sure I said this was no, a real possibility. You did? No, you called this that you thought for Dion Prestia's 200th yep. game that they would really trouble Geelong. I think you might have tipped the Cats. For oh, him. absolutely, yeah. But, but did. you did. But I think you, you were spot on by suggesting that this was a game that you thought Damien Harwick would get them up for. You, you had to watch the first ten, five minutes because there was a bit of a delay, so I was up in the studio watching it. Richmond were just sizzling. Their first play, they got it in their back line, they went bang, 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 shape, handball. They just looked so up and about. And that's mental. That That is not skill. That's not talent. That is Damien Hardwick and the players wanting to make this a thing. You know, they're such a proud club with premiership players all over the place. They actually had more premiership players playing than Geelong mm. did, which is an interesting stat given Geelong's injuries at the moment. It was just, it was, it was one of those games, but you, you couldn't pick them off the back of what they've done this year and, and Geelong... But it does reiterate the fact that I don't think Geelong's all the way back. No. People no. have been very up and about. They haven't beaten many good sides. You know, I'm not off them, certainly. But, like, they've still got some work to do around the game. And it's and it's based on – they've got a lot of people out at the moment in that team. Yeah, absolutely. And you're right. They've, they've had some soft kills against Sydney. And, again, we've yep. seen where they're travelling. Um, Hawthorne. Hawthorne. But they were, you know, again, Essendon, it was down a, by Essendon was a shootout. It was like 130 or 110. That's, yeah. a, that's, that's a bit of a – Meh game that doesn't really do much. Yeah, and Essendon sort of just started to tail off a, a fraction. Yeah, yep. so you're right. They've got the Dockers over here, um, but going back to Richmond, I, I still don't think they're playing finals myself. But I think they've they're one of those dangerous sides. You're right when they have an occasion or against the running premiers, etc. Dusty Martin kicks four goals. Um, terrific. Be honest, didn't see much of this game because, of course, it was coinciding yep. with ours. But Cochin kicked three, Rewald yeah. kicked three. So Cochin's been playing a bit more of that forward role this year. Cats actually led clearances in the game and dominated stoppages. But Richmond, uh, once they won the ball back, their transition game was stronger than Geelong's. It was the first time Geelong were the younger side in a game since 2020, round two, um, which... Surprising, yes. Richmond, though, they bring a Hopper and Taranto in and they have Rewalt still going around. They have Cochin still going around. Geelong lose Dangerfield, who's there, probably one of yeah. the most senior players. Uh, I'm not overly worried about it, but that's what happens. Richmond yeah. win. And then the problem for Geelong, I suppose, well, keep going back to last year, they were 5-4, and four, I think, after nine rounds. Um, what are they at the moment? They're probably... 4-5. Four 4-5. and five. Four and five. So they're not far off the mark, but you'd, you... Was it 5-4 again? You can't, you can't see them... You can't see them reproducing 16 wins in a row like they did last year. Not so, yet, no. no. But, so they're I mean, a bit Freo, off that. Freo fans were a bit, a little bit scared coming into this game, I reckon. Yeah, absolutely. And and I just I go back. They, they beat Geelong. They're five and four. Yeah, they're five. They're and four. five and four. So exactly the same spot they were last year from from memory. Now the other thing, I, I, whenever I think of Geelong and Fremantle, last year they won, of course, Fremantle down at the Cattery. But the, the times they played them over here, they've just they look like men versus boys. Correct. Geelong v Fremantle, yeah. that is. Now, given their personnel availability, that might change a bit on Saturday. Huge, huge game. Huge game in the context of the season for Fremantle. If they can get Geelong, confidence is back. They're back. 
Flag Mantle could be back on. Uh, Port Adelaide <laughs> defeat uh, North Melbourne by 70 points. Honestly, not going to spend a lot of time on this. I didn't see it. 70-point margin against North Melbourne. Seriously, who cares? 14 goal kickers for Port Adelaide. Highest ever for a Port team. So you'd be spewing if you were one of the eight that didn't get on the board. Didn't get nine was a sub. Um, Aiden Kaur got suspended in this one. He chipped someone behind the play. Literally punched him in the face. Uh, so he got the one week for a punch in the face. Seriously. Okay. Face to face with Bryn Tickle, jumper punching, took a hand off, punched him in the chin, got one week. One week. But we're copying, we're trying to give JVR two weeks for a spoil running back with a flight. Oh, yeah. Gen- genuinely, that's that's embarrassing. That's what happened. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, North Melbourne haven't they just uh, become a an easy beat uh, as 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 we've seen over the past few years? So that's that's gone pear shaped. But credit to Port. I mean, going to Tassie, getting the result. They've got bigger fish to fry. Beginning with Melbourne on Friday Correct. night. Uh, Tom Jonas, first goal since twenty fourteen, and second goal in his two hundred and ten game. They would career. have come from everywhere, wouldn't they? Yeah. Give, him a, love give him a high five. But no, Port Adelaide. Uh, they'll play finals. We know that now. Yes, pretty much. You comfortable with that? Yeah, top four. They sit sit fourth right now on the ladder. They're going to play finals. Look, I wasn't convinced at the start of this year, but they continue to win. That that game doesn't mean they're playing finals. But no, but you're still going to just win. This though. Friday's going to be the one that... Who they play? Melbourne. Oh, yeah. Big At Adelaide Oval. So that's huge. But no, well done, Port. Melbourne defeat Hawthorne by 54 points. It's pretty much similar, right? Regulation. We expect, we expect this to happen. Melbourne um, second on the ladder behind Collingwood at the moment. Yep. And look, they, they had this game... Done and dusted, really. Well, Hawthorne kicked one goal in the first half. Yeah, so it was, it was all over at quarter time. It was 5-5 five, five to one point, eight six to one three at the half. So um, the usual suspects. Oliver, uh, Petrarca, Viney. Yep, doing, doing their best work. And um, Viney, outstanding. Petrarca got a, a piece of the footy. What are their, their game behind Collingwood now in second spot and humming along pretty well. Yeah, I don't have too much more to add on that game, Skeeter. We both pick Melbourne and we move on. Brisbane defeat Essendon by 42 points. I mean, this was a tiny bit surprising. Was this at the Gabba? Yeah, it was at the Gabba. Well... Maybe it wasn't then. Brisbane don't lose up there. They just don't. And Joey Danaher with six goals. Yeah. Um, that's that's a that's a good return. And he's one of those players, as we've talked about, hot and cold sometimes. Brisbane were down at half time here. Yeah. So Essendon start well. They look like they have a pretty distinguishable uh almost got that out skater. Game style. You can you can see the way they're trying to play. Yeah. I, I always thought Essendon's list coming into this season was just lacking uh, they're lacking a spine, in my opinion, and that's not not about not spineless in terms of full forward, centre forward. Like who's their full forward? Yeah, they don't have a who's well, centre forward. Yeah, you know, so he goes out. Draper is a okay ruckman. Um, he's a, he's one of those ruckmen trying to jump up into the next tier. I think he has good games and bad games. And then behind the footy, they lose Ridley after uh, being concussed uh, by Junior Rioli. And they don't have a lot of key position backs either. So against this Brisbane side, who do have some good tall players, uh, you know, I, I, th- I think that's Essendon's deficiencies that they're going to have to add to over, over probably the next couple of years. Yeah, and Darcy Parrish uh, not out there. Look, defensively they've been better this year. They conceded eighty-seven points on on the week on the weekend. Only kicked six themselves, but I still think they have been an improving side. So they, they had their form. Obviously, what I think what really hurt them when you when you go back and, and look at their past month Anzac Day. They lead by 28 points, I think, against Collingwood. They get completely steamrolled in the last quarter. Um, a win against Collingwood on Anzac Day would have done wanted for this young team. Mm. They've fallen away a little bit. They're probably regressing to the mean a little bit. They're just sitting just outside the eight. I probably have them finishing there. Yeah, um, I, don't, I don't think they're playing finals footy, but that doesn't mean it's a, a failure for Brad Scott. What is it? Fate to complete? 
Is that it? What's the French thing? Is that it? Oh, yeah. Well, I damn is it. Yeah, okay. I don't know. So <laughs> I'm just asking you. I'm asking you what it was. Uh, so that's it. Done and dusted. Just remember, Skeeter, we've got to uh, spit out a Thirsty Camel Clanger of the Week. Clanger don't of the week. Of your yeah. favourite. Just grab your shelters at Thirsty Camel. Just yes, remember of course. Yeah, we'll work on that. Uh, thank you very much. Western Bulldogs defeat Carlton by 20 points. Bulldogs had to come home late against the Blues, who it was a bit of a scrappy affair, wasn't it? I mean, not high scoring whatsoever. This is 59 to 79, and it was probably sitting in the 40s for most of this game. So opened up a little bit late in the game. Um, I'm going to go for it. The thirsty clanger, camel clanger of the week. Did you see the goal kicking in this? I mean, we bang on about it. Harry Mackay. Why? 40, me- 40 metres out, directly in front. It's too far to snap. I don't care how much you- no, I agree. He's standing sideways like a Gaelic footy player, and he's bellying the ball out in the full. He's like Johnny Wilkinson lining up to kick a goal, <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. a penalty for... I mean, what is going on with this guy who's clearly talented? And that's the frustration. Uh, he's beyond talented. He's a Coleman medalist. Yeah, he's yeah. the best forward in the game two years ago. Two or three no, years he, ago. He's a gun. He is clearly... The little man in his head is just turned yeah. into a, a giant. Like, I, I understand goal kicking is mental, but the, the good goal kickers I was around at my time at the footy club, Mark Lacroix and Josh Kennedy, some, some of the best. They're, all I remember of them was just them kicking goals and exactly the same. Same routine. Yeah, and I know Josh Kennedy went through his stutter step, so he's spoken about that on Backchat and, and around as well. His his routine was about his last three steps, always. It always had to be the last three steps going straight at goal, momentum through the ball, and that's when he felt he's most comfortable. And stages, he did the stutter step at stages. Um, he was one of the better snaps going around. So, But he would have his – you could see how clear he was in his mind. He had sort of pretty much imaginary lines on the boundaries. If he was ever outside of those, it would be a right foot snap on one side, left foot snap on the other. But I would say 80% of that forward line – out to 60 metres out, Josh Kennedy was running straight at the middle of the goals and never giving the goals away. You hear Jason Dunstall speaking about mm. it all the time. Um, I, rec- I dare say um, a big plug of locket would be saying the same thing. It, it is mental. And the, and the best goal kickers I saw practised it all the time. They never changed. Mark Lacroix never changed his goal kicking routine ever. I never saw him change it. He but was, he was a snapper too. Yeah, and he also went through a little period after I think he broke his arm I'm just trying to remember when I'm calling his, his games and you just thought, I'll lock him in, where he, he did have a, a couple of issues with his goal king set shots. Yes. And it came after he broke his arm. Now, whether that's coincidental or The what drop, happened, maybe. You think? Yeah, either way. But no, you're right. I mean, I go back further. New Gary Bacanaro, if you want someone to kick a goal for your life. Hawthorne. Hawthorne, absolutely. Uh, Tony Lockett, Jason Dunstall, the same routine. And so... Quite frankly, Michael Voss, if he has, I'm sure he's, they must be doing some work. That's what I mean. It. That's what I was about to say. Like, they, they're not just letting, well, I assume they're not just letting him go about his business and backing him in. Yeah. You'd, you'd hope not. You'd hope there's, there's, hey, listen. It's embarrassing. Harry, you, you, this ain't working for you. And Every time he gets it, it's a clanger of the week. It's the Thirsty Camel clanger of the week every time he kicks the ball. Yeah, well, I've got my own clanger of the week from the same game. Very good. Yeah. You want to give it to me? How about this? Paddy Cripps, <laughs> thousand bucks, pulling Barley Smith's hair. I haven't seen this. Yeah. What's he done? He pulled his hair. The Thirsty Camel <laughs> of the Week. Don't run out of your favourites. Grab your shoulders at Thirsty Camel. It wouldn't have been a problem I ever had in my career. Nor me. Uh, so he's pulled his hair. He's $1, pulled his hair. A thousand dollar fine. thousand dollar fine. Thanks for coming. Was it in a contest? Or? Don't know. <laughs> I just <laughs> know he did it. I know he did it. I was, I was, what was that Saturday night? I don't know. I was, I was in Planet Mars. So then I was like, but he pulled his hair. That's a clanger. Jeez, that's an absolute dollars. clanger. Thanks very much. Donate it to charity. 
piss poor. Uh, Bulldogs are an interesting team this season. I saw Liberatore kick a really important goal late in this game. My favourite player in the competition. Carlton just one goal in the first half, so they start poorly. One goal from 29 inside 50s, but they missed a lot. They were, they were poor. Then Blues came back. They kicked six in a row, got in front of the Bulldogs, and it was sort of a little bit like uh, Richmond against uh, West Coast. Clicked them into gear, and, and they put the foot on the accelerator a little bit. Rory Lobb's starting to look like the player that they asked for, mm. um, adding some consistency. He's a, he's a good kicker goal. Rory Lobb's a good, yeah, nice, good consistent kicker goal. Yep. Um, so, look, Bulldogs, I, I rate them. I, I think they're the sort of doing what Bulldogs always does. But, mate, Libba, uh, our man, my man, Pontempelli, I, I just love it. He, oh, he, I hope good. he wins a Brownlow. I really do. I think he, he deserves to win a Brownlow, um, given what he's um, producing. But even looking at the Bulldogs' form, they had a... I've had bad, one bad loss. I'm trying to remember when that was. They started poorly. Started People coming out of about started the really line. poorly. But you look at their their body of work over the past eight. Yep. It's been good. It has. It's been really good. Where are they sitting now? They're currently in sixth position. But they're in sixth. They've won. Um, they've won their last four games on the on the trot. So they're up and about and up and going. And knowing that footy club, they don't need to win pretty. They don't run around, you know, hoping that they, you know, win by ten goals. They just need to win. Luke Beveridge has instilled that over a long period of that time. Uh, at that club, and they just get it done. Yeah. Based from really strong midfield work, they get it into their forward line. Sometimes it can be scrappy. They're not the prettiest team to watch, but when they're at their best, they're efficient in, they're efficient in front of goal and inside their 50, and that's what they did on the weekend. And they beat a Carlton side. They're in trouble. They're in trouble. They're outside the eight now, yep. and I'm not sure they're getting back in. Yep. They've got Collingwood this week off the top of my head. Yep. Uh, that's you know They're, they're in a, a world of pain. And, and Michael, if there's one coach that I think – you know, he's not going to lose his job in the in the short term. But if there's one coach, that, uh, I suppose there are questions being asked about what's happening at the footy club and the results that they're producing. It's Carlton at the moment. Carlton play Collingwood at the G, mm. Sydney at the SCG, Melbourne at the G, Essendon at Telstra Dome the next four weeks. Telstra Dome, okay. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> but the, out of the day, they're playing, hang on, seriously, are they playing... At Marvel Stadium. I, I just made that up because I, I said the MCG three times. And I thought <laughs> okay, I'd the dome. I was like, that would be a disgrace having 50... Th- Carlton Essence yeah, would be true. That's the MCG. Anyway, so... But like, the, well, talking about big games, they play Collingwood, Melbourne and Essendon all in Melbourne and Sydney at the SCG. Yeah, they're in trouble. Absolutely. Adelaide defeat St Kilda yesterday uh, in a pretty decent game of footy, but St Kilda never looked like it. We watched this one on the big screens while we're calling another game, Skeeter. Tex Walker kicked five. Now the most goals kicked in South Australia ever. Ever. 312 goals he's kicked. He's had a really interesting... Oh, I don't know he's gone through the racial issue um, 12 months ago, did from, his, from memory. Yep, did his ACL. ACL. Yep. But for him to be playing, he's having a really good season. Yep. This has been a renaissance, I suppose, of, of Tex Walker and and full credit to him. And, and if we're talking about Michael Voss being a coach under pressure... Matty Nix almost has to be, almost has to be coach of the year. Very That's close. Far, in very, terms of improving. Very close to it, yeah. In terms of the improvement and a clear game style, they're they're exciting to watch. They're a good team. They're kicking 100 points more often than not. I think they kicked 100 on uh, yesterday. Yep. And they won comfortably by 52. Uh, 121. Their midfield is, is dynamic. Their forward line, you put Isaac Rankin in the mix. And their defence, as I've said they're a bunch of no-names, really, but they've, they've been able to really stifle opposition forwards. And, and look, one of the great assets of St Kilda this year has been their ability to shut down forwards from yeah, the opposition. Well, Tim, Not- Tim Embry got concussed in this game with a clash with his own player in Higgins, so he came out. Uh, Steele, their best midfielder, St Kilda, um, 
knee injury halfway through this one, a little bit later in the game. Rory Laird got subbed out of this one I was watching, so there'd be some fantasy players yeah. around the country uh, a little bit concerned with that. But maybe being up by so much, they just took it easy on probably – you know, with Dawson, one of their most important players. Dawson continues his great form. He had 33 touches. Uh, I think, like you said, they're getting contributors, which is, you know, as a fan, um, you don't want Walker kicking 10 goals and no one else, which they have been at times, been really Walker, you know, focused. But ranking kicks too. Pedler, he's one of the best young players in the competition at the moment. I really like how he plays. He's continued his good form. Fogarty kicks too. Um, he's taken his time to develop, hasn't he? But you can see, like, you can always see he would have games. In, I remember West Coast here, he kicked eight goals or something like that. You could see the talent and the quality, but they, it felt like they were holding him back, but they've unleashed him on the competition now. He's a gun. Um, and they've just got a lot of different guys that put their hand up and, and, and stand up, don't they? Absolutely. And I talked about what how they've improved themselves over the last three or four years. Well, uh, one guy that, you know, I mean, you think of in 20... Uh, 20, they picked up Riley Thilthorpe at yep. pick number two. Peddler came in that draft in 2020 at 11. Berry at 28. See number 11 draft pick, is he? Um, 2021, they finished 15th. Rochelle huh. at pick six. Uh, Saligo at 36. They traded in Jordan Dawson. Saligo's having a good year. Yeah, absolutely. And, and this year, of course, um, they finished 14th at the end of last year. Traded their first for Rankin. Yep. And uh, pick up Michael Annie. Uh, Who's had a really good year? And so there's ten players. So that, that's and that's a template maybe for for an Eagles or a, a North, yep. whatever. There, there's there's a way out of it, and that Adelaide have shown exactly the way to to do what they're doing now. Yep, very good. Um, I think we both picked no. Well, you you rough, my Ruffy, you're my Ruffy St Kilda, but my Ruffy was about as successful as your Ruffy with West Coast. So we both get a big donut there. We've actually had some feedback here from Benjamin Fox Skeeter. So. Um, Hello, Ben. Yeah, g'day, Ben. Should I be worried? Ruffy of the week messages. Yeah. So uh, my thoughts on the definition. This is from Ben Fox. Yeah. And this is this is to you, right? This of is course, to Mark yeah. Yeah. Ruffy, a large outsider or risk in regards to betting odds, team personal, uh, wins or losses at track or field, allowing whenever said Ruffy is one, you're able to let every man and his dog know you called that either just before the race or days before a game, etc. Example. Will Schofield, round nine. Eagles to win against Gold Coast. Odds, Eagles, $3.40. Gold Coast, $1.32, as per Bluebet. Eagles also playing absolutely horrendously. Eagles, correct. Ruffy, Skeeter, round nine in regards to this game. Saints to win against Crows. Odds, Saints, $2.20. Crows, $1.67. Saints have been sitting top top of the tree since weeks one to seven. Had first loss, now third. Very lucky to be outside on betting odds. Clearly, thanks to Bluebet Legends, they want us to win some cash. This Ruffy, no. It's a big no for mine, and it's a big no for mine, Skeeter. So that's from Benjamin. Okay, can I say to Benjamin very succinctly, Ben, get foxed. <laughs> get Robbie foxed, unreal. <laughs> uh, that's uh, that's very good, Skeeter. Now, um, so you just got to work on that. Okay, the, well, I'll, just, I'll just pick the, the biggest outsider, have no care responsibility, and that's see what the Ruffy is. Yeah, that's what a Ruffy is. And so when one comes up, when I hit one of these, I'm going <laughs> to give it to you from, from Bill of Bose. And when you keep Your last two Ruffies have lost by a total of 180 points. That's okay, Skeeter. One of them will win at some point. Well, maybe they won't. <laughs> Collingwood defeat GWS by 65. Last game of the weekend. You and I called this game. Well, you called most of it, and then you left. <laughs> Collingwood. <laughs> Collingwood. I had another job to go to. <laughs> You're lining your pockets with cash around Perth. Uh, Collingwood. 
I don't think they dismantled the Giants. Collingwood were just better. They did the fundamentals well. They did. They made the right decisions consistently. And on the reverse, GWS didn't um, apply the amount of pressure that's required to play Collingwood. They had 12 tackles in the first half. Their to, skills were poor. It's a disgrace. Their skills are horrific. They, they just continued to fundamentals, miss handballs with no pressure, miss kicks uh, coming out of the back line. They couldn't transition the footy. And adversely, they couldn't stop Collingwood. Anytime Collingwood got the ball in their back line, they transitioned. And we know Collingwood's a good side. They're the best side in the competition. But if you're going to come up against a side like that, you need to take your opportunities in front of goal. You need to do the little things well. And you need to be consistent, which I think is what making is make Collingwood great. They're doing the little things well. They're not they're not this flashy side that I think people think they are. You know, oh, it's Collingwood. You know, they take it on through the middle, and whenever they're down, they just roll the dice. I think they do the little things well. They're clean. They they use their teammates. Their pressure is great. Their pressure is great. They're based on fundamentals of footy. So mm. GWS weren't good enough, and Collingwood rolled them absolutely and uh, individually. Dacos, that's Nick, has 41. Oh, just, don't tag him. Just Yeah, no, it's sweet. Don't uh, tag him. 41 touches, f- f- 540 metres gained. Oh, he didn't have much impact on the game, did he? Yeah, no. Seriously, we spoke to GWS. I won't say who we spoke to. Someone from GWS before the game said, are you tagging Nick Dacos? They said, no, we're going to try to attack him offensively. Well, how did that go for you? Seriously, 41 touches. Tag the bloke. Tag him. Every week. Every week. Tag him. Why wouldn't you? It's so easy. It it happened. Sydney did it, and they were fucking. They were. They should have been winning at three quarter time. How do you not tag this bloke? I don't care. He's nineteen. Tag him. I'm gonna bleed out of my throat talking about this stuff. Tag the bloke. Forty one touches. He has an impact every time. Yeah, well, you keep banging on about Nick Dacos. I actually love the game of Jordan the Goey. Yeah, he was outstanding. He he was better than Dacos. That's what I'm saying. He was a guy that I sort of. Thought in so many ways, set up goals. It was so creative, brought players into the game. So, um, yeah, I mean, you can you can tag Dacos and that that they would have still won the game by by a margin. Shout out to uh, the big American yes. Mason Cox. He was he, he was the best player on the ground the first half and pretty close to it for the rest of the game. To be honest, against Matt Flynn who. Copped a rocket at halftime, I reckon, and came out and sort of evened the ledger a little bit. But Mason Cox in that first half, I think he finished with nine marks, four contested, 25 hitouts, 19 touches, two goals. That's probably, you know, bar that prelim, which I have a bit of an outlier, to be honest, with that Richmond game, because he hasn't been able to replicate that. But that game that he played then as a solo ruck for Collingwood, that was really important in the scheme of his career. I think it was his 98th game or 99th game, one of those. It's a big achievement, isn't it, to play 100 games, which he will, yeah. at AFL level, given his background. Same day as still side bottoms, 300th, I believe. Against North two, Melbourne. I think it's two weeks At Marvel away. Stadium. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm sure he'll he'll have the, the lesser It's uh, good. Life. I reckon, I, not knowing Mason, but you know, just saying, interacting with him a little bit, I think he'd be, their t- his teammates will be happy just... Just pulling him down a little bit, just saying, hey, this is about Steele, not you. We know you've played 100 games, but Steele's played 300. You've got a bit to go. But it was great to see him play well. Yeah, and even, um, look, Craig McRae said, I said it was, you know, one of his, being one of his best games for the club yesterday. Yes. But he was quick to remind me that 2018 prelim final was pretty handy. As yes, well. it was. Well, right on the big Mason Cox, the, the Texan and Collingwood, a game clear on top. They're flying. Uh, got the Blues this week. And look, they're the sexiest team in the competition, no question. Yep, absolutely. Sexiest team, Skeeter. Very good. Uh, we had a couple of uh, – that's Will Schofield, Mark Redding, Shelter Footycast. 
couple of listener questions come in from Benjamin, of course, of the Ruffy of the Week. How about sort your stuff out, Skeeter? Thanks, Benjamin. Um, Dylan writes in, Max Michelini is a first... <laughs> Michael Annie. Oh, shut up. He's a first-year player, an absolute clamp, um, and Mark. $3 on the Ruffies, please. So, that, so Dylan wants a bit of a... He wants a bit more three-plus. Three. This is from Dylan. He just says, Max Michelini is a good player. Michelini. Yep, and he wants... Three dollars plus for the roughies. He wants. He wants. Oh, to- sorry. That, so it's nothing to do with Michael Annie. He just, he just three dollars. Okay, three dollars plus. Yep. Yeah. Okay. okay. Well, t- t- tell them to send in their roughies as well. So at least then it's not just us. Like if they've got a roughie, then give us a some correspondence instead of just pot- potting me from the the bleachers. But well, that's some correspondence for you. Go about three dollars. Yeah, mate. we'll go three dollars. I'm going to get some Coldplay tickets soon. So hurry up. Are you going to Coldplay? I don't know yet. Not sure. Are you? Get, are you get- I, might, I might do. I forget tickets. I'll go. What? Would you go? No, I've got no interest in Coldplay. Okay. None. F- fat, flat, slim in the... What is it? Slim Jim. Slim Jim in the fats. <laughs> fat boy slim. Uh, Bob says, with the lack of AFL experience, players and looks like a, new, a few more older bodies will be set to... Uh, this is horribly written or copied in. Sorry, Jaden. Um, how can the Eagles rebuild and be a destination club again? I think, unfortunately, Simo's time is up. Any chance we can get Nathan Buckley out of media back to coaching as there's not many experienced coaches left to pick from? Who would the Eagles go after? He's right, though. There's not many experienced coaches that are waiting in the wings. Buckley... That's that's why my opinion's been pretty similar. You're not going to sack the coach because who are you going to bring in? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's Jared Schofield's probably the... A man yep. in waiting at the club, but um, I think you know, he inherits the same list. Just so you know, no, I understand all that. That's why. Look, the calls for Simo to go. Look, I think at the end of this year, either way, they'll sit down and have a chat. I know he's got another year to go. Um, is it working for you? Yep. Is it working for me? If it's if that's the case, great. If not, then then so be it. But destination I, club for West Coast. I think that's actually a valid point. I think at periods of West Coast lifetime, it's been like, oh, geez, I'd love to get to West Coast right now. If you're a free agent. You're not from Western Australia. I'm not sure that the West Coast Eagles is your first priority in getting to. But how many free agents who aren't West Australian originally, no, choose to come to WA anyway? There's not. There's, it's Jack Redden was one that one. I can think of, uh, but there's not it's many. Not, not many. It's hard. You're generally looking at Logan McDonald of West Australian. Jaden Jaden Hunt came here last. Jaden Hunt, yeah, but they're few and far between. That's my yep. point. So I don't think it'll ever be a destination club. At least Geelong as a destination club, as they have been. In Victoria, if you like the lifestyle, you know, you're still a Victorian. You get that opportunity to still stay in your home state. So it's a bit different for West Coast or Fremantle being a destination club, except if there's some guns who originally come from WA, I think they think, oh, I wouldn't mind. I think if you're playing better footy, it makes it more oh, attractive course, to move across the country, right? No question. And so if you have belief in what this club does over here, then you're going to at least be in the argument. But I don't think they are right now. No, so. they're not. They have to go to the draft. How to fix this? The draft is always, I think, your, your number one would. Shelter XBA X Factor of the Week. We do this every week. Oh, look, I can't go past this, man, given he was in here about a week ago. Shooter. Yeah, no, I'm happy Rocky to take shorts. him on board. I reckon he'd knock back a couple of uh, shelters shooter when he's just uh, relaxing end of season. He confirmed that as well. A couple of stories he tells on the <laughs> podcast. Make sure you tune in to back chat to listen to that. He kicks for four goals. Saw a couple of chase down tackles as well. Yeah. That's what he brings to that side. That's what the Dockers did on, on Saturday, by the way. Yeah. That was their their absolute key to, to turning things around. Might have been Swikowski. Brayshaw did it on Papley. Swikowski yeah. laid a tackle inside the D50 for Sydney. Won a free kick. I think he kicked the goal. 
and Frederick followed. Brayshaw was there. Yeah, so Fremantle, if they continue with that, then they might give the Cats a bit of a scare this Saturday. Slab on the way, Shooter, unless Skeeter finishes it all here. I'm not sure what sort of mood he's in, but we'll have to see. Shelter Footycast on socials. You can follow us there. Send us an email, footycast at shelterbrewing.com.au. Skeeter's going to get some Coldplay tickets, apparently. I've also got to, 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 to sleep and not have dreams about you. That'd be my first priority. <laughs> That'd be my priority, too. <laughs> scares the shit out of me. 